0: So hello and welcome to there's no place like summer camp. Uh, in this episode, I have Rebecca with me. And before we begin, I'd like to give you some context to this interview as I don't know Rebecca personally, and nor had she heard of the podcast before. Uh, so part of running the podcast is staying active on social media, Uh, hashtag shout out to the Instagram. There's no place like summer camp and my Twitter at Andrew W O nine. Now, I was scrolling through my Twitter feed the other day and who else but Rebecca's tweet appears in front of me and it said, Seven years ago, I jumped on a plane with around two days notice for an American summer camp experience. The four summers I spent at camp shaped who I am as a person and taught me invaluable lessons on what I am able to overcome and achieve. I will forever be thankful to Camp America for this. And it goes on to say, These experiences shaped my views on the world and opened up my eyes so much. In many ways, my time at camp taught me uh, more than my years at uni. I feel feel for both young people and staff missing out on this experience this year, but I know that they'll be back in full force next year. Seven years seems noteworthy, as I believe. If a friendship is seven years long, it's likely to last a lifetime. So I guess there's a larger group of people stuck with me forever now. (laughs) And then it goes on to say, on a side note too, my time in Virginia was special for so many reasons, but it also gave me huge lessons on what America is really like behind the rose-colored glasses of how we talk about it traditionally. Now, instantly, I thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to delve into this. Straight away, (laughs) I could sense uh, her passion for camp and it felt like it changed her life and felt a little bit like how I do about camp in many ways. And the cherry on the top was the curious bit at the start, the two days notice, which we'll come on to in a bit. So mm. Rebecca, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: No worries. Uh, how are you how are you doing? How are you coping in lockdown?
1: I'm coping well. I'm Very excited about the news of social bubbles as I do live alone. Um, so it was great news to me that we will soon be able to see, um, one other household and a closer space. So that was big news.
0: Uh, It's it's crazy, isn't it? Like Mm -hmm. what has it been three or four months? I keep losing track of time.
1: It's been about three months now. Yes is a little bit mad considering how much of a people person I am, That I've been kept away from everyone for three months.
0: It's it's strange times. I I never thought this sort of thing thing would happen in our lifetimes. It it feels like pandemics are like a a thing of the past, but I guess it connects Mm -hmm. us back to nature in many ways and brings us back down to ground that, you know, we aren't invincible and, uh, you know, it's crazy. Anyway. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Uh, Just if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. Of course. So um, my name is Rebecca or I often go by Becky. I currently live in Reading, but I grew up in Nottingham. I'm 26. I went to Camp Friendship in Virginia and I went there for four summers. And as you talked about earlier, my first summer was very last minute and... Um, I think we're going to talk about it a bit more about how I ended up with so little notice before I Mm. ended up on a plane to Virginia.
0: Yeah, so about the two days bit in your tweet, tell me a bit more about that. What was that all about?
1: Yeah, so I had applied um, via Camp America at Christmas time, and I hadn't been placed. We were getting closer and closer to the summer. I was starting to get a bit fidgety, and at the time, Camp America's program was called Ready, Steady, Go. I'm not sure if it's still called that currently but it basically means you get your visa or your paperwork is ready and then you'll pretty much as it says on the tin be ready to go at a moment's notice so quite often that could be perhaps a camp has filled more camper spaces than they realized they were going to fill as they got closer to summer so they need more staff or in my case it was actually an instance where the um, young woman that I was replacing had to come home for a family emergency and the summer camp needed to replace her very quickly um, and that's how I ended up out there with about two days notice.
0: Jeez, how did, how did that feel like just being, being like whisked away with two days?
1: Yeah, it was quite exciting. I mean, obviously it all happened very quickly. I think I'd come back from university to my parents' house and I'd been back for About 10 days, and then I got a note that said, Camp Friendship would like to have an interview with you. So I had the interview. They were actually doing staff training already. So I had to find a time where the camp director could step away from staff training to interview me. So it was about midnight, our time. Then he pretty much said on the phone, well, it was Skype straight away, yeah, we want you to come. I'm going to send you all the information. Then I had the quick panic of, oh, Mum, we've got to get (laughs) to a shop to get me all these things that we thought I'd have more time. And then 2 a.m. on the Saturday morning, I left and it was quite good. I didn't have any time to second guess anything Mm -hmm. to panic or to really think about the fact that I was now leaving to another country for three months, which... It was great. I loved it. I mean, I didn't know anything about Virginia when I was getting on the plane. I'd been to America before, but um, I hadn't ever spent much time in Virginia. And it, I um, was actually on the flight to Richmond, um, which is where I was getting picked up for the drive. And that's when I found out there are snakes in Virginia. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what's happening? Where am I going? I should have asked more questions. <laughs> but it was great. I loved it. And then I got picked up. I got driven to camp. As I said, they were in staff training and I walked through the doors of the dining hall and they just finished a huge game of Capture the Flag. And if you've ever been, if you've ever been part of a game of Capture the Flag, you know how hyped everyone is at the end. So everyone was like crazy hyped, really excitable, classic summer camp experience. And I've been traveling for like 12 hours, kind of like, Get oh.
0: lagged.
1: <laughs> just instantly was like, this is going to be amazing. I can't wait to get going. So it was amazing. I, Jeez,
0: it. I, I remember my first day at camp and I didn't feel like I could just hit the ground running because I had, I don't know why it was, it, was, it felt like I was exhausted as soon mm. as I arrived. And that staff yeah. week for me was bliss because it could let you settle in and then yeah. hit the ground running, so to speak.
1: I had no choice but to just pick up on that energy. Cause I'd already missed quite a chunk. Mm-hmm. So I had to just pick up on their energy and be like, yeah, head first. Let's go. Did
0: and you have any plans to drop when they called? Cause I get, I bet when you're on that ready, steady, go program, you're always mm-hmm. like on edge waiting for that phone call.
1: Yeah. So I, like I said, had come back from university and I'd just thought about picking up some temp work, um, kind of in the interim. And I'd done one week of temp work. And then -hmm. I'd been very open with them when I was signing up to what I was doing. So when I called them and I was like, I got it, I'm going, they were great. And it was no problem at all, which was really helpful.
0: Cool. Uh, So the Ready, Steady, Go program, did you apply for that specifically or did you apply for Camp America in like the general, more general term?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I applied in the more general term. Mm -hmm. I just hadn't been placed yet. Um, and they did ask me whether I would be comfortable with doing Ready, and Steady, Go before they put me on that program, because um, you know I guess not everyone is comfortable jumping on a plane with little notice, and <laughs> um, some people like to plan, which is great. So I was asked about it, and that's why I thought it was great. Um, but I did apply for the general program and spent a long time waiting to see that yeah. you know I was a 19-year-old girl. And my skills were very, as you would expect, dance, arts and crafts, have done childcare experience, but it was nothing except for me stand out. So I'm not. it was one of those kind of situations where it was just kind of waiting to see where I would end up as a camp.
2: Okay.
0: So I guess you already had all your visa and paperwork and that's what I had done?
1: Yeah. All, all of that was already done. And um, there's a way that you can do it, which basically means it's more of a like generalised one, and then once they know which camp you're going to, that gets updated.
0: Right. Okay. Because I was going to say that I remember when I went to the embassy. One of the questions they ask you, and like they seem to like investigate you, yes, yeah. uh, <laughs> where you're going, how long you're going to be there. But if you're on the uh, the Ready, Steady, Go program, you don't have those answers. But I guess Camp America support you in that re- respect, mm-hmm. and maybe help you through that.
1: Yeah. I mean, Camp America were great if you've. Um, gone through camp america before um or you're thinking about going to camp america i could wholeheartedly recommend them they give you so much support on getting the visa explaining it to you um and kind of so like we've already said it was seven years ago so i'm trying really hard to remember i'm pretty sure on my visa application it had the head office for camp america in the states is my like Mm -hmm. set location and so that's what gets updated um once it's confirmed where you're going.
0: cool uh, so moving on to Camp America, actually, how yeah. did you, how did you first hear about Camp America?
1: So this is a great story as well. I think my mum is actually a Camp America interviewer. No way. And has been my entire life. She's been interviewing since she first went to camp when she was 18. So my childhood, teen years, all of it, my mum would interview in our home because it was a really great way of her getting a little bit of extra money whilst we were kids. Um, we always used to joke she could kind of tell how an interview was going to go based on if or if not an applicant mm-hmm. would interact with us, because there's, there's myself, my brother, and my sister. So I'd already always been aware of the concept of going to summer camp and always known about Camp America and thought, that's something that I really want to do. My Both my parents actually went to camp, when they were 18 19 and absolutely loved it credited it as a huge experience for opening their eyes to the world so I was really excited and just couldn't really wait until I had my opportunity to do it
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah that sounds really cool uh, it seems like you're like a box of what's the, what's the phrase opening a can of worms with you because you keep coming
1: up with the, <laughs> yeah, these so new things, things. So <laughs> I know, like my mum interviewed, my grandma used to interview, Um, after my mum first went to camp, um, my grandma used to um, interview in Edinburgh, so it was kind of ingrained in us from a really young age that camp was just a great experience, and Uh working with young people was also really great, because my grandparents never did Camp America, but they used to run youth clubs, And they were heavily involved, and they would take young people around the world with that. Um, So yeah, it was really exciting, kind of getting that opportunity for myself. That's pretty
0: clever tactic from your mum as well to get 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 them in the house and then see how they handle the kids. And
1: yeah, and it wasn't like all the time. It would be like kind of if we were there. Um, And she and you know she's been doing it for years. I'm not going to say how long until she (laughs) listened to this interview. Um, but you know, you kind of let, when you've been into for a long time, particularly for this, you can kind of tell when someone's so nervous about what's happening that they just can't focus on the kids. And then there'd be other ones that would literally be on the floor playing with it. Like, and, the, and then there was ones that were just couldn't engage with mm-hmm. us being in the room. So it wasn't very often we got to be there, but when we were, I used to think it was so cool. Um, and I used to like, oh, I can't wait till I'm that age and I get to be applying. To wow. go to
0: America. So camp America has been like something that's always gone through your family.
1: Always. And it's always, awesome. always in camp America is the one to go with.
0: I'm let's, like, let's face everyone. it. They're, they're the, they're the main people that you want to go yeah. with. I, I did Camp Even America as well. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Um, so did you actually have much childcare experience before you headed over to the land of America?
1: Yeah, I, as I, mentioned earlier youth work and working with young people had always been quite important in our family so I am a girl guide I'm still a girl guide I did guiding um, all the way through my well started as a rainbow so you were about five six there all the way through to being a ranger and I used to volunteer at my local Brownie unit so I did that for about four years I was 14 to 18 so had done lots of experience there. I'd also helped teach the younger years at my dance school. So I've been heavily involved in that. And through other experience, i run workshops with teens. So I had quite a nice range of youth work experience, um, ranging from like four-year-olds and teaching dance all the way through to teens. And I was running workshops um, to do with our local council So I was really lucky in that and then had done local babysitting too. So I had quite, quite
0: a range. there. Mm, That sounds like quite a lot of experience to me. (laughs) I personally, I did, um, I I can kind of relate to the guides thing because my main experience that I had going to camp America was uh, volunteering at Cubs and Scouts. And I did that for about four, about four or so years. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was the main driver for me. And, um, was one of the reasons that i was an outdoor living specialist at my camp wow.
1: which amazing
0: it was basically taking kids out on camp outs having campfires yeah. and s'mores we take them for hikes and canoe trips um, i was just wondering uh did being a specialist appeal to you or were you always going for like a counsellor position mm,
1: that's a good question um i was just so excited to go to camp i was quite happy have any sort of experience i did make the decision that i didn't want to go to a girl scout camp only because i had been lucky enough to go on international opportunities and larger camp experiences in the uk through my guide work so i knew i wanted just a different experience when i went to america but i was quite happy to either be a specialist with dance because i have a huge amount of dance experience or to be a general counselor i think they both have such Great learnings that come with them. So I, I, I just wanted to get out there and to experience it to see what was going to happen when I got there.
0: Jeez, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um. So, these are some questions that I hadn't sent over, and there's a, re- <laughs> <laughs> and there's a reason I didn't send these over.
1: Okay. Keeping me on my toes. <laughs>
0: um. So you're the first girl that I've had on the podcast.
1: The Ah. day has
0: finally come.
1: There we go. I feel (laughs) honoured.
0: This is something that I've always wanted to know. The girls' Mm -hmm. side of camp.
1: Right.
0: Because from my experience of camp, it's full of testosterone, fueled lads, Mm. talking about girls all the time on the staff side of things, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Typical things like who's been hooking up with who, out of X, Mm. Y, and Z, who would you shag, marry, kill? Is that the same for the girls' side? Can you spill the secrets the of the girls' side?
1: Now, I don't know. If, so my, in my camp, I was in Senior Village, which was actually a village that had boys and girls. So I wasn't in like a traditional, like, over in the girls' side of camp. Okay, I spent a week in junior girls. Um, but most of my time spent was with, spent with the seniors. So that was more of a mixed rather than being separated. But I think, you know, I feel like it's basically the same. I don't think you can really <laughs> differentiate, different, differentiate, is that the word? Yeah. I don't know. But I mean, there's less testosterone obviously, but
2: yeah.
0: the, the The summer camp goggles, do they come out?
1: Summer camp goggles are a thing for everyone. No one, no one can avoid it. Even if you don't act on those goggles, they're still there. I think it's the same as mm. lockdown goggles. I mean, it's just a thing of the world.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How did you find the, um, the the British accent out in America? Because if you've ever seen Love Actually, mm. that's pretty much what it's like for the guys. Is that the same yeah. for the girls?
1: I used to get a lot of, can you say water? Can you say water? Right. Um, a, but- lot, a lot of that. Um, what else? I used to, I had a real thing about spelling. So, throughout my, particularly with colour wars, which is such an important thing. And in, um, as, I, as I progressed, I took on a host of jobs in America at my camp. And it always used to pain me to have to try and spell colour without a U. <laughs> that was always a really big thing for me, or um, trash can. When, like, it didn't matter how, how long I spent in America, I just would still revert back to put your rubbish in the bin. And They'd be like, <laughs>
2: What's
1: what rubbish? <laughs> like, oh, you know what I'm talking about the bin, the trash can. Um, they were generally big ones.
0: That's so funny because those two words, personally, are the two that I relate to as well. Water bottle yeah. was one that they'd Water always bottle. laugh at, and yeah. trash. Trash has become part of my vocabulary now because in America yeah. I was so um, maybe laughed at and ridiculed for using the word mm-hmm. rubbish that I was like, okay, I can't use rubbish anymore. I'm going to have to use, use trash.
1: Yeah. And now I
0: use it still today. And yes,
1: and what I find weird like is in the States, I, always, I would always refer to rubbish. And I um, so this will be my third summer, not a camp. And I'll still, every now and, the, now and then, be like, oh, the trash. And mm-hmm. people will look at me like, Rebecca, you're back <laughs> in the UK. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a big one. And then being asked lots about how small we are or, you know, the classic, do you know the queen? All of that um, gets thrown about. The classic debate on football versus soccer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All of that gets thrown around quite a lot.
0: Bringing it back to camp. Yeah. Um, what camp did you go to? Was it Camp, camp
1: Friendship? Camp, camp friendship. friendship in Virginia. Yeah.
0: Shout out Camp Friendship.
1: Shout out Camp <laughs> Friendship. It's a great uh,
0: place. What type of camp was it? Was it like a traditional one? Was it a religious one? Was it any... Sp-
1: so it, yeah, it was a traditional private residential camp. It catered for seven to 16 year olds. And as I mentioned earlier, we had different villages. So we had our junior girls and junior boys, which were for our younger campers. And then we had senior village one and senior village two, which was for our teens. And then as you progressed into the teen villages, you got different freedoms. Like I mentioned, they were um, we weren't as separated. We had a boy's side of the village and a girl's side of the village but they were still, their free time was together, you know, free swim, things like that, which I loved. We, what was particularly special as well as we were an international camp, and so a good portion of not only our staff, but our campers were international. So that just kind of added a huge element. And that was something really lovely about our owner, because he consciously made the decision that he wanted a place where young people from around the world could come together in peace and just learn from one another. That was a really lovely aspect
0: of it. That's pretty cool. I've never heard of a camp that has international campers before. Yeah,
1: it was cool. I mean, it adds an an additional layer of language barriers. um, Okay. Campers would come to kind of practice their English or, you know, Sometimes they just didn't want to speak English <laughs> and you were like, I know that you know what I'm talking about. You just don't want to, you don't want to listen to me or you don't yeah. want to talk back to me. Um, but it was great. I loved it.
0: What age uh, campers did you have in that? Mm-hmm. It, has, has it been the same group of campers as you've gone through each year?
1: Yeah. So I actually had a different job pretty much every year I was there. in my okay. first summer... As I mentioned, I was in SV1, our senior village one, and that was mainly 13, 14 year olds. I spent one week helping out junior girls, which I was with girls who were about nine um, at that point, because our camp, it wasn't, children could come, so we did one week blocks, and they could add as many blocks as they wanted. So some campers would only be there for a week, other campers would be there for four weeks. So it was completely up to them how they wanted to do it, which was um, really nice actually. So I spent a week in junior girls. In my second summer, I was actually the junior staff and support staff liaison, which meant I was working with our counsellors and training and our junior staff. So I designed their development programme. So at that point, they were mainly 15 to 17 that I was working with.
0: Okay. And um, what? how many times did you go to camp? Sorry, was it... F-
1: mm. I went to camp four times. Four times. My second two summers, so my third summer, I was the program coordinator. and I was mainly working with staff at that point. I didn't have any direct counseling responsibilities, although I was jumping in when there was sickness and such. And then my final summer, I was the program director. So again, dealing more with staff.
0: That's crazy. That's quite a uh, promotion you've had each mm-hmm. year.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> it must be moved pretty good. Very quickly. Well, I mean, what can I say?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it that made you return after your first summer? Do you so I
1: did my first summer. Absolutely loved it. Was enamoured with camp with everything that was camp. I actually then took a year out. I did the I felt pressure. I was like, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get an internship in my second summer of university. I'm gonna do what they tell you to do. And I didn't go back and I was so sad. And then I had just started my third year and I called my friend Sis, who had gone back the second year. Um, and I was like, I'm really toying like it. I really think like but is it the same? It's it's a completely different year. It's a different staff. Mm -hmm. Like, tell me, am I going to feel weird if I come back? And within about five minutes on the phone with him, i would contacted my old camp director and been like, Chris, I'm thinking about coming back. Would would (laughs) you have me? Um, And very quickly from there, it was decided. And then during that summer, a lot happened and I was offered a role for the, the following summer and then the same thing happened again
0: okay so you went to the camp the first time was it was that after your first year at uni yeah i
1: went after my first year at uni yeah
0: so because is it because sid was there that was quite an attractor (laughs) to come back
1: not in a romantic
0: sense but as in
1: i mean it definitely i mean sid was there my second summer as well that was his third summer It definitely helped to have someone, you know, um, that helped a lot. And it was more his reassurance that he'd gone back for a summer with new people and hadn't felt like it felt different in a good way. And he was able, he didn't feel like he was constantly comparing it to the summer before, Mm -hmm. which had been my worry because I'd, thought about you know i want to go back to camp should i go back to the same camp should i try and go to a different camp because i guess lots of people have the worry am i just going to compare it to the to the og summer? Mm-hmm. um so yeah he was a good reassuring voice and it did help
0: i think most people's og summers are their favorites because yeah. i think it makes you grow as a person um in independence and being in a totally different country and being surrounded by strangers, making friends mm-hmm. and then going on travels with these people and yeah. the kids. And it's just overload. And once you have that, you have, I, I, I had the camp bug and I had to go back.
2: Yeah, I always I like found it. myself
0: comparing that my second summer to my first and then being mm-hmm. like, nah, it's not really living up to it. So after my second summer, uh, personally, I didn't, i resisted the summer camp bargains. Like, you know what? Now's the time to start going into the career and all the boring stuff. And nowadays yep. with my camp friends, I talk to them and we're really like, Oh, should we go back? Should we just pay them a visit and go and say hello? <laughs> and like, no, it's not going to compare. It's not going to compare because no. the people are different. And I don't know. It's a good point you make about comparing. Cause uh,
1: yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's really funny what you said about your first summer is usually your top one. Like, I, I agree with that because it's the first, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. It's such a learning experience and, you know, each, each of my summers taught me something new. They put me through a new experience and it was each one helped me grow and challenged me. But the first summer was really like cream of the crop. And interestingly, it's the first summer I have friends from the first summer that I keep in touch with the most, which, um, is why seven years are so important. As I said, they're stuck with me now because that's the mark where it becomes so important. Apparently, once you've been friends with someone for seven years, you're likely to be friends for a <laughs> Are
0: they a diverse group of people as well? Like you said, it was like multicultural, uh, international staff. Are they from different mm-hmm. countries or is it UK? Is it US? Yeah, mix.
1: I have. I mean, my, most of the people that I still stay in touch with from that summer, from the UK.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I think that just kind of naturally happened because we were able to meet up a bit more mm-hmm. after the summer. And so we'll still meet up. I mean, we were talking the other day about when we'll meet up post lockdown. Um, but I mean, one of them's currently in Canada. The other one is married to an American. Um, so with, we're UK based, but we're bringing different people into it. And then, I mean, thank God for the internet. Thank God for things like WhatsApp, FaceTime, Zoom. Mm. And that just really helps you keep in touch with people around the world. Um, keeping in touch with people in the States, definitely.
0: That's one thing that I found in my f- couple of years at camp is um, social media. For all the negativity it gets yeah. around mental health and stuff, it's actually good for keeping in touch with people from camp. because. Yeah. I I made a lot of friends around the world and you would never see them otherwise. You never know what's going on in their lives were it not for social media. So uh, we had a couple of people that didn't have social media before camp thought, oh no, it's full of shit and clogs your mind with bad stuff. And yeah, I get that. I 100% agree with that. (laughs) But at the end of camp, they were the first people. Yeah. First people downloading it
1: and adding you.
0: Exactly. I hear that you had a visa, a special time per visa Mm -hmm. that allowed you to travel for a year.
1: How comes you got this
0: visa and what did you do with
1: it? So I um, was lucky enough in my third summer, I was offered the opportunity. I was asked if I would be interested in applying for a full time role at my camp, which is how I ended up as the program director. And with my camp, we applied for me to have an extended J-1 visa. So it's still the visa that you have when you go to America. It's just, as it says in the tin, extended. Mm -hmm. So I went out there for a year and took on that role. And that was very much because my camp made the decision that they were going to invest in that visa for me. I mean, there was still some hefty fees for me, as you will probably know if you've ever applied for a U.S. visa. Mm -hmm. And it was great. I got the opportunity. I lived on camp for a year worked on their program both in the summer and outside of the summer because we had groups outside of the summer. And it was a really great experience to kind of, not even kind of, to understand the work that goes into a summer camp pre and post actual summer.
0: That's crazy. So you got to see like an absolutely silent camp with no one there. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: We had a couple of people
0: that did that ourselves uh, at our camp and I'd ask them questions and they'd be like, Summer camp, when people aren't there, all the wildlife tends to come in. And I I don't Mm. know if it's the same at yours, but um, at Camp Coleman, the one I worked at, they would have, like, uh, black bears come into the camp and deer. And they'd be Mm. like, oh, my God, look at this. There's a a deer in the middle of our camp. Like, what's going on?
1: Yeah, there's a weird... It's going to sound maybe a bit odd, but there's a weird, like, silence where... Because during, during the summer, a camp is filled with so much noise.
2: But
1: mm-hmm. like, everywhere you go, it's noisy. And the silence when people aren't around, you're almost, you're almost expecting the noise, especially in those first few weeks once the kids have left and staff have left. You're like, this is just... I need it back. I need back my... <laughs> need
0: people. back the chants.
1: Yeah, and <laughs> screaming...
0: Crying. The random kid that's
1: crying. Yeah, <laughs> that's what you need back.
0: Oh Jesus. Uh, <laughs> so in your four years of doing camp,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
0: what are your highlights? Any mm-hmm. that spring to mind? Would it be the first first time you came in? Would it be
1: Um I have a few highlights because of campers? So I there was a particular group of campers in my first summer who just They clicked so well. They were such passionate young people who were so great at articulating when they didn't like something at camp or they didn't like a rule and they wanted something changed. And I remember just feeling so proud of how they were able to do that. And also that they felt empowered enough because of the counselors around them, they could speak up when they didn't like something. I think, you know, young people feeling that like they can stand against something. is not always an easy thing. It's a really brave thing to say, I don't like that. Um, so that was definitely one of them. I, I taught dance when I was there. I was a, um, at Camp Friendship. You teach activities and you have a cabin. So um, you have your cabin and then during the day, everyone goes off to do their activities and you come back at the end rather than being a specialist.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll
1: have specialist areas. Um, but I think, you know, the first time I saw one of my dancers at campfire and the kids that put so much work in and then seeing them on the stage was pretty awesome. I had a few kids who I had one in particular who was terribly homesick in dance. And it was so clear that she wanted to do dance, but she was so homesick and shy and didn't know what she was doing. And by the end of her week, she performed at campfire, which was a definite highlight for me.
0: Mhm. Um, I bet that was course, quite emotional.
1: Oh, it was so emotional watching him on the stage. <laughs>
0: like was, a proud parent.
1: <laughs> I a proud parent completely. And <laughs> um, of course, being Colour Wars captain because Colour Wars is such quite a, a responsibility. Good deal. It's a huge responsibility. <laughs> um, that was maybe one of the most stressful days, but I absolutely loved it. It was amazing, and I was actually Colour Wars captain with who I mentioned earlier. That's probably um, one of the reasons why it was so reassuring to have sit there, my fellow zombie captain, He you were zombies. Um, other camp highlights, I think delivering my first staff training. because um, Within my role, I ended up doing staff training. Um, doing my first Colour Wars from the organisation point of view. So obviously, Colour Wars is such an immense activity at camp but the planning that goes into a Color Wars is, is immense. So yes. getting that done. And as part of my role as program coordinator and director, I used to do the scheduling for everyone at camp. So my first few schedules were pretty, pretty big moments for me. You know, you've got 200 kids and they're all picking their own activities and then you're figuring out, how am I gonna keep everyone happy? <laughs> how am I gonna keep the staff happy? doing lots of that they were i mean i could i could talk your ear off probably for an hour on highlights really opened a can of worms um the final campfire of every summer where you know everyone at camp wants to do something in the final campfire and campfire lasts about four hours um
0: is that coming together as one camp around one fire
1: yes so our camp well our campfire was more of like a stage so um, we had a campfire at the bottom, and then it essentially was a stage. The campfire was kind of off to the side, and we always had an opening and closing campfire. On obviously the night they arrived and the night before they were leaving, so opening campfire was more counselors welcoming kids, doing like classic like, "Yay, welcome." Um, this is how. These are some of our rules that we can tell you in a fun way in a campfire. <laughs> and then the closing campfire had your like your performing arts had your dance class, your glee um, camp like cabins who had made something in cabin time and wanted to share, which obviously meant the last campfire had every staff member want to be a part of something on the stage, um, along with all the kids. <laughs> so, like. I want to do something too. Um, so it was great. So, I mean, you asked about highlights and I talked for about five minutes. So <laughs> I, going, but I, will, I will pause myself and tell myself to stop a
0: minute. What is it that made you like stop going to camp after, was it four times? Four times? Yeah.
1: It was just a natural point. I'd achieved a huge amount in mm-hmm. my camp career. I'd been lucky, you know, I'd gone, I'd lived in the States, I'd run the program, I'd been able to go to camp conferences, I'd been part of the accreditation team, so my camp was ACA accredited, and we went through a renewal whilst I was there, and it was just kind of time to move on, Um, leadership was starting to change at my camp. And so they were bringing in new things and you never want to be the old person, the person that's kind of like stuck in the mud. And it's like, but we've always done it this way You don't want to be that person. And so naturally with my visa ending, it was just time to step away. And I also think it's really good that I'm able to look back on it in a positive way rather than doing it that one too many times and thinking I shouldn't have stayed.
0: That's always the risk. That's part of the reason I didn't return for a third summer because as I say, I was comparing that second summer to my first and I was like, oh, if if this one's slightly bad, what's the next one going to be? So I was just like, okay, I'm going to quit here while the memories are good. Uh, It's Mm -hmm. all a good time. Yeah. Had you uh, done any solo traveling before uh, Camp America or was that like your first outing into the traveling world?
1: So I had done an international girl guide experience, which wasn't quite solo, but it was I'd gone to Switzerland with a group of nine other guides and just one with two guide leaders, which had been my first kind of taste. And then I'd gone, you know, done a weekend in Paris with some girlfriends. I'd never done something so big as jumping on a plane to go. Not to knowing anyone on the one. other
0: side. Not knowing
1: anyone on the other side. Not really knowing what I was getting myself into. Um, No, I'd never done anything like that. And I loved it. I really did, didn't it? So my first summer, I didn't go traveling at the end. I made the decision, my family were out there, so I made the decision to go and spend time with family at the end of my camp experience. Just because I hadn't, you know, I barely had time to prep myself for going for the first three months. I definitely (laughs) hadn't had any time to save money for travelling or doing anything like that. So that was just the decision that I made there. And then in my second summer I went travelling. Where did you go? I went we did a like road trip around California, but we also went to Nevada for Vegas, of course. So That's pretty cool. I had a great time. Really great time.
0: I think it's pretty cool to also see family out there as well, to be fair. I don't think that counts yeah. as not traveling. When you say not traveling, yeah. in my mind, it's like you're just flying on the plane straight back. Oh no,
1: I, <laughs> didn't, I didn't hop on the flight back I, <laughs> when my family were in Florida. So I went and spent a few weeks with them in Florida and then flew home. Cool. Oh, yeah.
0: Have you traveled since Camp America to other places? Has it made you maybe solo travel a little bit more? Um, in my instance, I've, Ki- camp america was the first solo travel thing for me so since doing that i was like oh, actually I, I can hop on a plane and go to europe and do all these yeah. things yeah
1: yeah i've been i went to france i've been to france for i've actually gone um as we were in international camp we recruited campers from around the world so i went to france when i was still at university to represent my camp at a camp fair to try and recruit campers which was really cool um where else have I gone I spent some time in Istanbul at the start of this year which is mad to think about the fact that I got to go abroad at the start of the year um did that alone yeah I I love and I think it's not even necessarily actually hopping on the plane and going by myself but even if I travel somewhere with friends I'm quite happy to go out by myself whilst I'm there I don't need everyone to be in agreement with what we're doing to do something. Like if they just want to sit by the pool, but I wanted to go and explore, I'm quite willing to go and do that by myself, which I think Mm. is a really nice trait. And, you know, I think that's a big reason I, so I moved to Reading when I moved back from America and I didn't know anyone in Reading at all. I moved here for a job. I moved to a flat by myself and I no way would have had that confidence if I hadn't, Gone to America for three months, not knowing. Anyone. I, I knew that I would be able to make friends. That I would be able to put myself out there. It's things like I'm very comfortable going for dinner by myself, or going for a drink by like I want to go and get a coffee and sit in a coffee shop, or even if I want to get a drink in a bar and just sit in and enjoy my drink. I don't feel I feel like I have that independence that I can go into a group and make a group of friends, which is a really really empowering thing to be able to do mm-hmm. in my
0: i think that uh, relates back to your tweets that had me hooked because yeah. if, it, if it felt like camp changed you in a not only like a more traveled and cultured person but also internally you can do these sort of things because i can relate to moving to a different city myself i, I moved to manchester after doing camp yeah. but I didn't know anyone in Manchester and no. uh, here I am, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm still surviving somehow. <laughs> so I can relate exactly. to the Reading thing. And um, before going to camp, I wouldn't even go to the cinema by myself. Mm. But now it's like, I just travel to America by myself. I can do anything I want.
1: <laughs> anything. As well, I found, you know, my first year of university, I was still very unsure of myself. And I went to the space in a different country where people wholeheartedly wanted you to be you and in a summer camp experience there's nowhere to hide who you are nowhere and it's really hard I so I'm also an interviewer for Camp America and I love it and I love talking to young people about why they want to go to the states to do this and I think sometimes people when we come back we have camp um tinted glasses camp camp glasses when we look back on it about how amazing it was and how mm-hmm. much we achieved and how fun and the slip and slide which we all know is one of the best activities in the world <laughs> but you know it's hard you go through emotional it's draining the hours you work are unlike any other hours you will work in your life and the people around you your fellow counsellors and your campers they bring out they not bring out they see the best and worst in you and they help you through it. And they help you realize it's okay to be who you truly are. Um, which is why I'm so passionate about it. And it's why I now do my best to help other people go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a long ramble again. I <laughs> get very het up when I'm talking about it.
0: That's fine. I was, I was about to say, what would you say to someone to, who was thinking of doing Camp America?
1: Mm-hmm. If I do it, I'd say... Do your research. Um, It's not all flip and slides and playing in the lake or teaching. So do your research. Find out that this is something you really want to do. Um, And then reach out and talk to people who have done it before. You know, Camp America interviewers are amazing. If you want to talk to them or the staff in the office, they're more than willing to have a chat with you and talk through what the experience is like, and then help you uh, with your application and figuring out how best to get there and and how to get placed. You know, one of, one of the things I'm really aware of is, so I didn't go to a camp fair because I knew that the right camp would find me, Mm -hmm. which sounds very philosophical and such, but camp directors know what they're looking for. They know the right person for the right camp. And so, if you're afraid that you're going to end up at a camp, that's completely wrong for you. In my experience, that's fairly unlikely to happen because that's the reason you have conversations with multiple people on the way. So yeah, do it. I don't know if I fully answered that question, but I would say do it. Do your research, talk to people and then jump, jump headfirst into it. Mm
0: -hmm. It's funny how you mentioned the rose tinted glasses, because I think a lot of the time, um, you see things from maybe camp america or even this podcast saying yeah. oh camp's amazing camp's this camp's that it's the best yeah. time of your life blah 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 but there are those moments where you do get homesick you do look at
2: yeah. your,
0: your facebook and you start missing your friends from home and you're like oh i'm not re- mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not there and um but you, you're you,
1: really you... tired and you just want 10 minutes without anyone else being in your space and yeah, then exactly. you don't get it <laughs>
0: Yeah. The troublesome kids, the out, yeah. the hours as well. It's, I'd say camp was probably the hardest place. How do I word this? It's the hard, probably the hardest place I've worked because it's mm-hmm. so full on. The hours are just unrelentless. If yeah. you, you want to get the most out of camp, that's probably what I'd say to try and do is yeah. make the most of it and try and stay up a little bit later than everyone else. Try and wake up a little bit later than everyone else. Just like... I don't know, soak soak it all in.
1: I'd say soak it in. Say, I think camp is definitely a place to say yes to the opportunities that are coming to you because you don't know what it's going to bring, 100%. And, you know, even things that were ridiculously, like, so hard. I will have a group of friends and we refer, there was one particular Tuesday evening. That Tuesday is how we refer to it. Because it was just a night where everything that could go wrong went wrong. And I mean, I'm talking thunderstorm during cookout. Places were flooding because it was thundering so hard. We're in our golf carts trying to make sure the kids are all inside and then make sure that they're all getting fed. Um we're also trying to make sure that the tennis courts aren't flooding and we've literally got people like grooming water out of the tennis courts we had a mild like um, sickness going around so the health center is round as well and it just and that was like, they're like the key things and I remember at the end of that Tuesday night sitting down with my fellow supervisors and being like what
0: you're just broken
1: <laughs> it just happened <laughs> and now we look back and we're like do you remember that Tuesday that Tuesday where literally everything went wrong like the cam director was called away to deal with a bigger issue and we were just kind of running around like what was happening but it was amazing and you know the next day I'm doing slip and slide so yay it was really hard and it sucked but at the end of the day it was still so, so much fun <laughs>
0: That Tuesday sounds like it should be a uh, t-shirt, like a camp that t-shirt, Tuesday. that Tuesday, proudly on the yeah, chest.
1: That Tuesday.
0: Oh, we're at the end of the podcast. Um, I have one question that I'd like to ask everyone just before yeah. we wrap things up. What food or smell will bring you back to summer camp? Mm.
1: It's a very good question. Very good question. Um, it's a smell, It's not necessarily a smell that I ever smell outside of camp, but I think I will always remember the smell of our dining hall. Um, because a lot of my, I didn't mention it in highlights, but a lot of my like favorite memories, if I like think about camp, I think about musical Fridays when what it says in the tin, we would play music during meals and we would have everyone dancing and singing, going wild just having a really great time and if I think about it I can actually smell it as though I'm there um that's probably the smell that reminds me of camp
0: cool well uh here we are end of the podcast I guess Uh, (laughs) have you got any questions for me before we wrap this up
1: no thank you as I said before for having me and yeah, if anyone has any questions about Camp America, please do reach out to the team there. Or if they find me on Twitter, I'm happy to answer questions.
0: Nice one. Thanks for being a part of the podcast. Uh, was, I could get all of your um, your passion for camp coming over. and <laughs> I think the, your, your family sounds like the epitome of what Camp America is. Like It, it seems to run through your DNA to an extent. Mm-hmm. um it's been a joy to have you on i think uh people will get so much from what you've said and like i say i think your passion for camp is very clear to see thank you for being on the podcast thank you cheers